0: Welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist podcast that went almost six months without letting a man talk.
1: Woo!
2: (laughs) (laughs) Today we have Kellen, Laura, and Hope also with us. Are our very special guests. We have Hope's partner, Brandon. Hello. My partner, Mike. He also asked that I call him my main bitch. Hello. So.
3: Oh, hello.
2: <laughs> Welcome, comrade. And Kellen's person, Ed. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Season of the Bitch. You may want to check uh, your levels or something. Y'all are sounding a little shrill. I'm not sure
0: what that's all about, but like, just, just
2: to check in
4: with yourself. Just
0: maybe in. stop finishing your sentences with questions because it makes you sound really unprofessional.
4: Yeah, the I'm hearing a nice lot of vocal fry the also. Just like tons of vocal fry this episode.
3: What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs>
4: Alright, oh, yes. um, so we've spent the last six months joking about the first man invited onto our podcast, and while I certainly wouldn't object to hosting Kellen's new dad, Terry Crews, I thought it would be really yeah. great if the first men whose voices be amplified on this platform were the ones who've supported us the most as we raised ours. The three of us all have male partners now, um, and we wanted to give our guys a chance to interact with one another here and take questions from the other hosts, so gentlemen... Welcome again to Season of the Bitch.
3: Hoo hoo. <laughs> Great to be here. Thank you. Uh,
2: yeah, so I tried excited. to I tried to convince Mike to say first time long time and he was like I don't know what that means. I was like, "Oh, come on. It's like an old radio reference."
0: Anyway, oh my gosh we are so excited to have you guys side note terry cruz if you're listening first of all thank you so much for supporting me your new daughter and um secondly we would still love to have you on the show totally yes
2: so we'll just kind of like dive in here so each of y'all has contributed to the podcast in at least one way. And I want to give each of y'all time to talk a little bit about your role or someone who is, as someone who is coven-adjacent. Uh, going, I guess, in alphabetical order, so Brandon, Ed, and then Mike, how do y'all contribute to the podcast?
5: Well, me being Brandon, I like to just consult with my, my mistress,
4: Wait, am I your mistress or is that somebody else?
5: Uh, you're definitely my mistress.
4: Okay, just checking. Yeah. Uh,
5: but just really, just be a support where I can. Um, I like to be the the wall in which she throws spaghetti onto and to see what sticks. Um, that's my main support role. Cool.
2: I want to interject real quick and say that Brandon also helped my visit to Chicago run much more smoothly by picking me up when he would drop off Hope to see Kellen, and he also just generally made me feel welcomed and happy, so
4: thanks, Brandon.
5: Well, that's my pleasure.
4: Yeah, and I'll just say that Brandon's been a huge help to me, and he's spot on about his biggest role in things is just to give me a place to try out ideas and talk things through before we record, which is invaluable. Um, I'm not really a great, like, just sitting down and writing my thoughts out, so talking it through has really helped me refine things. Yeah.
0: All right, Edward. Ed is probably going to say that he doesn't do much to help, I think, but he is very quiet while I'm recording, and he corrals the cats to keep them mostly quiet, too. But, like, more importantly, sometimes running a podcast is really stressful, and he is, like, literally the greatest support I could ask for, so... Just him keeping me from being a complete human mess is really majorly supporting the show and making anything that I do possible.
6: Yeah, I think my, my main contribution is staying quiet and uh, petting our cats. So that's
3: uh, sounds like a good job to me.
2: <laughs> 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 All right, how about Mike?
3: So yeah, I don't know. I just think it's like any other way you're trying to you know support someone. You just want to provide like that atmosphere that's supportive without being pushy. Like, sometimes I'll make dinner while I was recording. And I also like to give feedback on all of the episodes, but I've found that sometimes the best way to help is just to, like, not do that. Just it
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes when it, you're, like, holding a passion project so close to yourself, it's, like, such an intimate experience that it's like, wait, don't... I thought that I wanted feedback, but <laughs> I'm not really quite sure that I do. No, he also helped a lot with with the tech stuff, particularly in the beginning. So, thanks, Mike.
0: Yeah, another thing that I think we can't go without touching on is that Brandon wrote the theme song for our show, which is really rad. So, first of all, Yay. thank you. <laughs> and secondly, can you tell us a little bit about <laughs> a little bit about bit about music? Is it like a professional thing or a fun thing or both kind of thing?
5: When I'm not actively out um, smashing capitalism, um, <laughs> I am a musician. Um, this is what I do day in and day out. I run the Hyde Park School of Music. And um, yeah, yeah. So I teach people, I perform, I record. Um, so yeah, that's it's a part of me.
4: Hell yeah. That's awesome. And didn't you make the theme song, like, in one go? I'm pretty sure I was just like, hey, we need a theme song. And then you were like, boom, I did it.
5: Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> I
4: so ridiculous.
5: I um, I summoned my inner Susie Banshees, and the Banshees. Hell that's what yeah,
2: to... that's what I fucking wanted to hear.
4: <laughs>
5: yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> so... we'd love to hear from um, Mike and then Ed also just a little bit about yourselves. Are there any like hobbies you want to talk about? What are you passionate about, fellas?
3: Yeah, similar to Brandon, uh, I'm also a capitalist smasher, dictatorship of the proletariat enthusiast, DSA organizer. And yeah, I'm also a musician. I play drums and other instruments uh, just as a hobby. But yeah.
2: Cool. It's true. Y'all may recall our incredible hit single, Fire, from the first episode of Season yeah, 1. Yeah, it was awesome.
4: Yes. <laughs> that song is so fire!
2: Even though we accidentally like, Ambryo didn't know that there had to be two sides of the song, um, and so she got rid of all the lead guitar by accident. Oh, oh so no! The one, the...
3: Yeah, that was cool. I didn't mind at all. It was fine. <laughs>
2: The version that was uploaded, if you go back to our first episode, is actually incorrect, so you should go to our band camp if you actually want to listen to that track.
0: I'm sorry, is Season of the Bitch just entryism for your band, Laura? Uh,
3: Yeah, I was going to say. Oh,
0: I'm sorry. I thought that we were just
2: talking about uh, Mechanical Boy right now. I don't know.
3: (laughs) This is a music podcast, right?
4: (laughs) Do you want to just oh, rattle off like whatever. upcoming shows and where people can get merch for your band? And is there like some other band stuff you want to promote here?
2: No, that was mostly it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, sorry. You know, Honestly, I respect if you guys the merch, I would wear it. So,
2: <laughs> thanks, y'all. I'm serious. How about you, Ed?
6: Uh, I'm the odd one out. I am not a musician. I'm a grad student. In computer science, so in my free time I do some tinkering and some little coding projects. I really enjoy cooking, so that's what we do a lot of the time. We also really enjoy eating, so <laughs> those two go together well. Um, Hell yeah! Yeah, if you guys ever want to try it, we make really good uh, eggplant tofu curry. So that, that's kind of my specialty.
4: <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll make the recipe a Patreon benefit.
0: Ooh. <laughs> I love it. Love it. So, yeah, so not everybody is, like, totally politically aligned with their partners. So I wanted to ask you guys, in what way does your political ideology differ from your partners? And, like, how have your politics influenced or been influenced by your partner?
5: Well, I guess me, Brandon, starting. It's it's weird because... At times, hope is to the left of me, and at times, hope is to the right of me. So I I tend to be a little bit more anarchistic in my thinking, but yet I'm I'm, I'm very critical of maybe some of the electoral work or the possibilities through electoral work. And sometimes she's right there with me. Sometimes she'll be like, nope, I think this is the way to go. (laughs) And I'm like, what? (laughs) what you know but um we usually work it out there's never anything serious um but i think by her just sheer being there and while i just wax poetically on bullshit she's there to kind of correct me where my thinking has gone awry or she enforces uh, or not enforce, Reinforces? But reinforce. Reinforces. Reinforce—that's the word. Thank you. <laughs> reinforce my thought process when I'm actually really, really right.
4: That's your favorite. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you can hear that in his voice, but it's
5: true. <laughs>
3: uh, so yeah, I'm Mike again, and um, <laughs> so actually, one of the first things Laura and I bonded over uh, when we first met in college was our kind of vaguely leftist political leanings. Like, we didn't really have the theory or the jargon behind it. Like, we used to talk about how we were, like, the real liberals versus, like, these fake ass, like, Democrat liberals. Right. We
2: didn't have the term for leftist yet. And so we were like, we're the actual (laughs) liberals. And then we're like, wait, there's just a different word for that. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Um, (laughs) But anyway, so, like, ever since then, she's uh, just kind of helped to shape my politics by just challenging if I have any blind spots. Like, for example, she introduced me to uh, a great deal of activism around indigenous rights. Um, Mm -hmm. A big one was um, she introduced me to an amazing activist, uh, Winona LaDuke. And so, I don't know. (laughs) I like to think of her as kind of the Sylvia Federici to my Karl Marx. (laughs) Oh! Oh! And, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I've influenced Laura, but I'd like to hear about it.
1: Yeah,
2: I think that the biggest way is is not so much, like, my actual political ideology as far as, as much as, like, how to hone a political argument. Because Mike went to Cornell and I went to, you know, the plebe school, Ithaca College. Uh, well, people in Ithaca think that, you know, shout They're out bombers. Wrong. I'm not shoving you down the river, whatever. <laughs> um, but, like... Let's put it this way, when you start hanging out with a bunch of people who went to Cornell, you really learn to strengthen your political beliefs because they will push you in really intense ways um, and in good ways. So I learned how to sharpen my arguments pretty hard after Mike and I became close friends.
6: Uh, Ed here. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I never really had to think about politics at all growing up. Um, as a cis white male, no one really uh, forces you to think about those types of things unless you want to. And uh, once I started dating Kellen, she really opened my eyes to kind of what goes on in the world. And uh, she's always to the left of me. Um, (laughs) I feel like sometimes she's dragging me to the left. Um, But I, I wouldn't say that I'm resisting. So, you know, I think that she's helped me to move from Kind of agnostic much farther left so good job
4: <laughs> yeah hell yeah that is super cool and to kind of piggyback on that question and you can uh keep in mind guys that this is not a competition but i wanted to ask how each of you relates to feminism and if that's changed at all during your time with your partner
5: well um you know I've always believed in and loved feminism in practice. Um, And what I mean by feminism in practice is, you know, strong women going about occupying their space and, um, you know, taking what's theirs and um, being able to be proud. This is who I am. This is what I want. And uh, this is what I'm about. And if you don't like that, you can, you know, take a hike. And... That's how my mother was. That's how my grandmother was. That's how most of the women in my family were. And that's how hope is. So really, I didn't learn anything. She just reinforces what I believe a strong woman is about. And um, I, I, I appreciate being able to inhabit the earth with her.
4: Oh, <laughs> cute. That's uh, a tough act to follow, guys, in this in this competition.
5: Pull up your britches. <laughs>
4: Pull up your britches. No. <laughs>
3: Alright, well, I'll go. Yeah, I've identified as a feminist uh, since high school, and I owe that primarily to the music of Annie DeFranco, which might be kind of cliche at this point, but I was just, like, the biggest fan, and she just made feminism really cool and, like, not scary and, like, I don't know. I, I, I knew a lot of people who would say things like, oh, I'm not a feminist, but like, obviously I think women should be equal. And I'm just like, well, okay, then <laughs> you're a feminist, but whatever. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I just feel like currently, and like, as I've kind of grown, I just feel like my relationship to feminism has been evolving and I've come to see it as like an important facet of like an anti-capitalist politics, like a crucial part of that type of leftist politics. And Laura definitely pushes me on feminist issues and encourages me, especially to criticize like Marxism from a feminist perspective. So I really value that.
4: Ah, nice. All right, Ed, I hope I didn't scare you off. Do you want to take a crack at this one?
3: Uh, yeah,
6: I think kind of similar to the last one. It wasn't really something that I thought about as much until Mm -hmm. Kellen came around. I went to an all guys high school and then I lived in an all guys dorm in college. So Feminism wasn't really the, the primary topic in either of those places. What? <laughs> um, but, yeah, whenever I talk about it with Kellen, I'm just like, yeah, totally. Like, that, <laughs> that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, we're I think we're really on the same page there. It's just something that I didn't really think about as much until we talked about it.
0: Like in explicit terms, sort of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh. I'm smiling... At him so big over here. Yeah, it's kind of weird.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Ed. You broke up there. Uh, I I think we lost you. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like your mic is <laughs> off. I will like. Yeah, it seems like uh, uh didn't catch that part, and that's totally fine. Moving on. Can each of you describe your perfect leftist date?
5: Ooh, that's a good one. So, picture this. You walk into a slightly divy Mexican bar slash restaurant. A cantina, if you will. And <laughs> there I am, because I'm early, and I'm waiting for my partner to show up. She shows up. We sit down. And as we nerd out discussing... worker cooperatives and the solidarity economy and how land trusts can be the answer to the whole gentrification issue morrissey is playing maybe maybe ask a little bit then maybe how soon is now that's a nice good song (laughs) and then after that when it's time to go as all the cheers are being put on the tables and we're the last ones there the last song that plays is there's a light that never goes out. Oh, good one. And I'm like, let's go. <laughs> and she's like, yes, that is time to go. Consensually. <laughs> and the rest is up to your imagination. Consensually.
0: It sounds like a very specific fantasy, but also one that would be very easy to like create in reality. So, uh, Hope, I hope you're uh, taking notes. Oh, wait. This is a podcast. You can just re-listen to it.
4: To be super honest, that Uh, was basically our first date minus the Morrissey. Um, So we already did that.
3: (laughs) I'm a simple man. (laughs) Oh,
5: wow. All
4: right. Uh, I think uh, Brandon's mic is off, too.
3: (laughs) 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 All right. Picture this, I go to Laura's apartment, pick her up at 7 p.m. We jump in a time machine. We go to 1918 Germany. We apologize in advance to Rosa Luxemburg. We then bring her back with us to 2018. We go to a Carly Rae Jepsen show. We dance the night away consensually. And then that's it,
5: the end. <laughs> I guess that's almost like killing her. <laughs> oh.
4: That's funny.
6: All right. Contestant number three here. Picture this. So Kellen comes home and I'm in the kitchen making dinner and there's a huge mess because I always make a mess when I make dinner. And there there's food everywhere and somehow there's eggplant tofu curry that ends up in a bowl and we just sit around and eat that and watch Kellen's dad Terry Crews on TV <laughs> and and that's it
0: wait so who cleans up the mess though uh uh,
6: uh
3: <laughs> Terry Crews
4: dish picks or it
0: didn't I guess happen
4: <laughs> <laughs> wrong answer <laughs> The revolution begins in the
0: kitchen,
3: folks. <laughs> Wait, so who does the coven pick? Like, is this like a... I don't know. Is that I mean, I...
2: Pick. Uh, I, I pick... Ke- I pick Kellen and Hope. <laughs>
1: I don't... <laughs> I, you reject them I all.
3: don't
2: know. <laughs> what? <laughs> so...
3: Harsh but fair.
2: <laughs> Brandon, what is it like being Hope's partner? You can be honest.
5: Ooh, I can be honest <laughs> totally you know it's 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 pretty bitching most of the time um, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of highs uh, we have a lot of fun together we go on we travel a lot so we have a lot of adventures discovering new cultures with each other at times it could be stressful, but that's when I can a lot of times I can practice my patience or learn to practice my patience so uh, many
4: opportunities
5: <laughs> and uh it's um it's a, generally it's a pleasure my favorite times being her partner is when we're just hanging out chilling watching bad tv or listening to npr and um the dog is there obviously next to us and obviously. everybody yeah exactly and everybody is just being silent and that is that's <laughs> perfect just silence. Show I up.
2: I am way on that wavelength. I I dig that. <laughs> Sometimes, Mike's looking at me like, "What the fuck?" Okay, Ed, how glorious is it being Kellen's person?
6: Uh, well, it's uh, it's better than being alone.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy!
6: Um,
4: uh, He's turning back on. Just... <laughs> Very
3: romantic, dude. I think we're gonna send
4: contestant number three home.
6: <laughs> <laughs> she's she's a very nice lady. Um, I think you know we we spend a lot of great time together. I think it's best when uh, we're just hanging out at home with our uh, our cats and you know eating some good food, watching some silly TV, and just enjoying each other's company. And it's uh, it's pretty wonderful.
1: Yeah. Oh. Cute. Cute. <laughs> All right,
4: well, we'll keep you around. We'll keep you around. Yeah, That's fine. You can Whatever. stay. All right, so Mike, same question for you. How amazing is it being Laura's partner?
3: <laughs> uh, Incredibly amazing. I don't know. It, it's a lot of things. It's it's mostly just wonderful in, in every way. I'm just constantly inspired by Laura. She's one of the strongest people that I know. True. Um, True. And... It's it's also like you know it's challenging at times, uh, but it's it's always challenging in ways that like help me to grow as an individual and also like as a partner in this relationship. And so I value the times where it's difficult, but it's usually just great.
1: Aww. Oh, oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: that's really cute.
3: cute. <laughs> I think that's like a
0: just a great way to end it for this this half of the yep. show gonna send y'all to a music break and then you can uh keep listening to this nonsense
2: To our cheesiest, normiest episode yet. <laughs> I don't care. We love it. So, for our second half, we wanted to ask some more uh, relationship specific
0: questions, aka the hot seat. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think for this we're just gonna like throw them out there. Whoever wants to jump in, jumps in. So here we go. Mm-hmm. How did you, the non-specific you, meet? When did you know you wanted to be together? How'd you get together? Spill. Give us the deets.
3: I'll take this one. <laughs> Mike here. So cool story. Uh, my ex introduced uh, Laura to me when we were dating and they were really good friends uh so scandal (laughs) uh okay so but my ex broke up with me so you know i also there was no like
2: i also went to her months after they had broken up when i realized that i had feelings for mike that like i was like oh fuck and I went to her, and I was like, hey, I have these feelings. And she was like, it's no problem. Like, don't even worry about it. I'm glad you came to me, but, like, go for it. Yeah. Oh. So I did. And then she now never speaks to us oh. again.
3: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so so we met. We were friends for, so, like, a, like several years. And then, like...
2: We were in a band.
3: We were in a band, uh, like a folk band. And then we, we both went through breakups at the same time. And a few months after that, our relationship uh evolved Mm
4: -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's the story oh (laughs) I love to tell the story of how Brandon and I first started going out with each other because I think it's hilarious so we met on the internet we were doing the dating online thing uh in Atlanta and I jokingly put in my profile that I spoke Esperanto um and so Brandon sent me a message and you know, said something like, how's the Esperanto going? And I was trying to be flirty. I thought he was cute and I liked his profile. So I wrote back, it's going pretty well. Just need somebody to practice with, winky face. And then he wrote back, nobody speaks Esperanto, period. And that was the entire message.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Just for some of you guys out there. It's the art of the neg, yeah. you know. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, a day later, what? Did, how did you up.
4: respond to that? I didn't. I was just like, this guy's the worst. Like, what? What do you? There's no volley back to that. Um, but then he let a couple days go by, and then I was like, all right. Well, do you want to get together? Do you want to like meet up for drinks? <laughs> so I was like, fine. Um, but he claims it was strategy. I really just think he was grumpy, and it wasn't strategy.
5: You know, whether it was strategy or not, uh, we're married, so.
0: <laughs> so it apparently worked. Oh. Yeah. Ed and I, Crazy. when Ed and I met, he I was like instantly like obsessed with him. I thought he was super cute, and he did not—he literally did not notice me. Like, did not remember who I was.
3: What the? But fuck? within like a week, we
0: were dating because I was just relentless. So, Aww. yeah, never looked back. He's. I feel
2: like I'm more upset about that than you are, color. <laughs> I'm like sitting over here like, how could anyone not think Kellen is the most beautiful person on the (laughs) planet?
0: He does now, though. He learned. So Okay, Mm -hmm. good. He's nodding. He's silently nodding. I'm not lying to you guys. I could be lying because you can't see him, but he really is nodding right now.
4: (laughs) Well, this seems like (laughs) a a good time to ask the question, what do you love about your partner? Oh, this is a good one. Ed is just, he's so caring and
0: kind. I feel like it's hard to escape the sense of male entitlement that is just, like, so utterly pervasive in our society. But Ed kind of does, like, to the extent that it's possible. He really does. He's so thoughtful and selfless. And I probably sound like a, a total goober right now, but he's just the nicest person I've ever met. Besides, like, maybe my mom and my brother, which explains why he fits in my family so well. He's just a really kind soul. And he's a great father to our two large adult sons, which are cats. Uh, Yes,
6: (laughs) to be clear, um, we did not adopt any adult children. Um, They're just cats. Um, uh, On that note, uh, Kellen is is incredibly kind and very, very patient. I have a, a pretty special family. I'm doing air quotes over here. And I know that it can be difficult for her to spend prolonged periods with them. Uh, same goes for me, but she uh, she really tries her best, and she's always very uh, patient and cheerful when she's around them, and so it makes uh, those visits really nice for us. Also, I love that she loves food. <laughs> um, I also love food, um, and so uh, one of the our main activities we do together is, is just some combination of cooking and eating, and uh, those are some of the more special moments for us. It's always just a, a lot of fun. I just wish that she liked desserts more. I love desserts and I love going out to get like donuts or cupcakes and she never wants to participate.
0: I, I go with you to get them. I just don't eat them myself. I support you. I just don't partake. I just
4: want to be clear Some people just that. like to watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, don't yuck someone's yum, dude. <laughs>
3: All right, um, uh, Mike here again. I'm going to jump in. <laughs> uh, I just want to say that um, that it's just Laura's enormous capacity for love and to drop everything uh, for those that she cares about is just awe-inspiring. That, that's all I have Hard agree. Hard agree. Uh,
2: <laughs> thank you. I would say my favorite is your brain. Cause it's a really good one and you're always thinking about things in really interesting ways, which like keep me on my toes and how I think about things.
4: Oh,
3: thanks. <laughs> <laughs> We're making out. You can't see it.
4: Um, you guys are it's, really it's quiet podcasting. make-outers. That's amazing. We can hear it. Yeah, we could hear
3: it. Yeah,
4: <laughs> um, Yo, we've mastered the art of the silent make-out. <laughs> oh boy. You guys are really weird up in Buffalo um come visit anytime (laughs) go bills so i'm really trying to stay away from cliches here but i think they're cliches because they're true a lot so i'm just gonna say that brandon makes me laugh uh and he makes me laugh a ton Even before we were seriously dating, we just loved hanging out and we could never really stop hanging out. And in fact, we were kind of like casual on and off for a while and we would go on dates with other people and then just call each other at the end of the night and be like, hey, do you want to hang out and watch PBS? And it's still my favorite thing about him.
1: Oh! So cute.
5: (laughs) And, you know, it's one of those things that we still share together and what I love about Hope is that You know, I'm a simple man, so she brings being honest and fun and resourceful and sensitive all to the table, and um, it really helps fill the gaps where I'm weak or deficient. She kind of steps up to the plate and um, balances uh, our life out.
0: Mm. All right, switching gears, what are your biggest pet peeves?
6: Uh, So I'll go first. Uh, Gladly. Um, So my biggest pet peeve with Kellen is that she never puts away the Splenda. We have a giant box of Splenda. It, It must be like at least 300 count. And it just sits on our kitchen table. And... I know she uses it every morning because she has to have at least three Splendas in her coffee, and she's going to use it again the next day, probably twice in the same day. But I'm the only one who ever puts it back in the cupboard. And I guess if this is the only thing I have to complain about, I'm pretty lucky. But yeah, I I can't get over the Splenda.
4: (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Spoken by somebody who truly, like, every day is like, ah, it's still on the counter again. (laughs) (laughs) Too real. (laughs) So Brandon and I, thankfully, we've been together almost five years, and we've worked through so much of the big stuff by now that there's really only a little stuff left, which I'm glad for. But my personal pet peeve is when he leaves a wet towel laying around, particularly, like, on the bed, which I just don't understand that. But it's such a small dumb thing, and also don't think um, I've ever. Yeah, no, it's the worst. I've never really brought that up before, so this is first time hearing that grievous.
3: <laughs> well, that's where I dry off. Seasoned of bitch, exclusive, exclusive.
4: Real time reaction.
5: Okay. I'm a, I'm a big man, so I need time to dry off and dry out, if you know what I'm saying, and that's why nice. the towel is where it's at on the edge of the bed. That's where I'm usually drying off and I'm, you know, putting on lotion. But one thing, one thing, Hope, that's a pet peeve of mine, first time you're hearing this, exclusive, um, is Hope has a tendency sometimes to, um, I would say, manufacture conversation or argument unconsensually. What does that mean? Well, it's like, oh, well, Brandon, I just think it's a wonderful day outside. And I'm like, yeah. Do you agree? What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) Um, I agree. It's a wonderful day outside. So tell me more. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I guess the sky is purple. Uh, and You know, I don't want to have that fucking conversation. You know, I I, I just want (laughs) to... Eat my Good. damn sandwich and I just, just wanna move on. not want to hang out on, on. on your yeah. purple sky. I'm
0: you sorry. Want... If the sky is purple and you don't want to talk about it, I feel like that's, like, on you, you know?
4: Like, <laughs> right?
0: That's a worrying sign. That's pretty sign.
4: damn notable.
5: You know, I think I'm just comfortable with the fact that the sky is sometimes purple, sometimes blue, sometimes <laughs> white, sometimes new. I don't know. It's...
4: Fair enough. That's so funny.
3: So one of the, one of the pet peeves i have or uh and it's it, it's hard to i don't i don't understand it but so sometimes uh like when i'm driving like we'll get into the car and i'll sit down and like you know turn on the car and we'll start going and then like all of a sudden laura will adjust like all of the knobs like turn on the windshield wipers <laughs> adjust the heat what direction it's going in, Uh, the defroster, uh, the mirrors from the passenger seat. And it's both, it's like a pet peeve, but it's also just like inexplicable. Like, I don't understand it. This sounds to me like
4: just, just a symptom of her enormous capacity for love and dropping everything for people she cares about. That's what it sounds like to me.
3: You know, I never thought of it that way. Thank you.
2: (laughs) No, I hope you're being so kind because it's really just like my anxiety's coming out, and I'm like, I also he's being kinder than what I, it is actually the kicker, which I will, I will tap on the windows oh, yeah. in the direction that he should turn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it gets bad. It it definitely is like an understandable pet peeve. Like I get it. Like I fucking get it. Yep. Um, but I also. I try really hard not to, and then I have, like, an anxiety attack. So, uh, it's just one of those things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, Mike will sometimes do the towel thing also, but I generally just give him, like, a stink eye, and he's like, oh, shit.
1: <laughs> like,
2: okay, I'll, I'll grab that off the clump in the corner. What the fuck? <laughs> But he also will sometimes leave condiments out on the counter, so I feel you, Ed, but like also these are condiments that were in the fridge, and then he will leave them out for like hours at a time, and I have paranoia about bacteria growing in them, so I'm like, oh, just fucking put them back in the fridge.
3: I don't know, I think they're like 98% salt, so I think like it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine, it's fine.
4: All right. So curious to know what are some lessons you've learned from each other?
0: Yeah, I think Ed has taught me how to deal with somebody who approaches the world from a very different perspective, which isn't something I was always good at when I was younger. We came from very different backgrounds, and as Ed sort of mentioned earlier, he grew up not thinking much about politics, whereas it's something I've been plugged into and thinking about since I was a child, which, like, (laughs) side note, at some point I'm going to have to tell you guys about the truly, like, offensive anti-Bush Halloween costume I wore in, like, 7th grade. Um, Oh, man. neither, Neither here nor there. But for me, there were definitely things that were just obvious, like, this is right, this is wrong, from a moral or political perspective or whatever, that Ed hadn't thought about much before and didn't necessarily, like, right off the bat totally agree with me on. And I remember early on in our relationship just being, like, totally in love with him, but (laughs) literally crying because he didn't agree with me on, um, I think it was, like, marijuana legalization or something, which is absurd, obviously, like... To me, somebody who had been thinking about things like mass incarceration and a racist justice system for years, it was obvious why something like that mattered, but just because it wasn't immediately obvious to somebody who hadn't spent much time thinking about the issue doesn't mean that that person is a bad person, which, like, again, really should be obvious, and as I'm saying it out loud, like, sounds like, duh, Kellen, like, what were you thinking? No, I get it. (laughs) But like, yeah, Ed is just the kindest person and he's constantly worried about doing right by other people. And, you know, nobody comes out of the womb with a complete understanding of like systemic racism. I'm sure I don't have that, you know, now or ever. So I should be understanding of people who aren't right there with me, especially if they're willing to learn, which is, I think, sometimes like a really rare characteristic that Ed has. And he really helped me to see that and to really remember it, too.
6: Yes. I'm just gonna plus one that and, and leave it be Ed's really good at making me see <laughs> things too <laughs> oh my god I'm just kidding replace, replace
3: Ed with Kellen and all holds true <laughs> Aww, cute um, so something that, that I, I kind of just continually learn from where I relearn this lesson um, is that If, like, I feel wronged in some way, and I'm mad and I'm venting to Laura, sometimes she'll just say, everyone is trying their hardest all the time. Um, And obviously this is true, and it's really grounding and helpful to be reminded of that, uh, especially when I'm, like, really pissed off. I don't know. Mm
4: -hmm. That's really sweet. That's so sweet.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's that capacity for love.
2: (laughs) i kind of alluded to before how to help keep my personal feelings out of political debate like i i don't mean like keep my own biases out or whatever but to be like a stronger debater and this has been really helpful so that i don't just get frustrated at people but i can actually reason through things and like it has made me able to actually like convince people of things but i really learned that from the way that mike communicates and i i uh When we first started dating, Mike had this character he would do called Republican Mike. And I hated it. I hated it so much. It would, like, really stress me out. I was like, you can't talk like that. Like, I'm really, I don't like it. But, like, in the end, it ended up being helpful because I could then, like, sharpen my tools of debate in that way. So.
6: Can we get a sample of
3: Republican Mike?
0: Yes. Yes, I was hoping someone would ask.
3: (laughs) I mean, it, it's not its not as interesting as it sounds. It's more just like we would talk about something. I'd be like, oh, like, I don't know. Like, don't you think government is too bloated? Like, they've mishandled things before. Like, why wouldn't they? Why would they not fuck this up? Or something like that. <laughs> but he would, like,
2: seamlessly transition from conversation. So I'd be caught off guard, and I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and I would have to, like, rein it back in and be like, okay, this is a test.
0: Wow. <laughs> That's so
4: funny. That's some next-level shit. (laughs) What, besides
0: Republican Mike, have been some of the biggest challenges in y'all's relationships?
4: (laughs) And how have you overcome them? So I think the biggest challenge for Brandon and I has been communication, which I guess you can probably say is true for everyone. Um, We communicate really differently, and I think when we met that I was in a mode of assuming that everything was a threat versus an opportunity, which was probably related to some anxiety I was dealing with. So basically, like, Brandon would do something benign and well-intentioned because he's a really sweet, nice, straightforward guy, and I would just assume the absolute worst, um, and then he would feel really bad and understandably defensive about that, and then the whole thing would just explode like a powder keg. So undoing those patterns has taken a lot of patience and communication. Um, Luckily, we really loved each other and respected each other. So we've been able to hang in there while we were kind of working on ourselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I really feel this. As different as Ed and I are in how we approach the world around us, we usually end up in the same place, I think. Um, Some of the stuff that Mm -hmm. a lot of couples fight about, for example, we have sort of a natural agreement on. So like finances is something we never really thought about because... Both of us are, like, extremely frugal and never want to spend any money ever. But there's been other stuff, like, he comes from a religious background and I don't, that has only been worked through with, like, a really intense dedication to communication. I think it's sort of like Hope was saying, it's, it's definitely an example of practice makes perfect or practice at least makes mm-hmm. better, because we've definitely got... Gotten so much better at communicating. I'll say things like, "Is now a good time to talk about this?" or "Do you need some time to decompress?" If it seems like we aren't having a productive conversation, or if I'm too overwhelmed to talk about a problem, I know I can ask for some space, and he'll understand that we will take time later to sort through the problem. Just being like extremely intentional and forthright um, with how we deal with stuff has been super helpful, and it's gotten to us to where we are. Gotten us to where we are, and. I'm honestly, like, really proud of us for getting so much better at that skill.
4: Yeah.
2: Hell yeah. I I agree with both of y'all. And
0: if y'all are longtime listeners,
2: uh, you may have heard from our mental health episode that we all struggle with various traumas. And those certainly come out in an intimate partnership, really, no matter how healthy the relationship is. And that can totally be really challenging for the partner to support and also deal with. And I know that, like, particularly because my traumas are so specific to male aggression and misogyny and, like, just, you know, actions of patriarchal aggression, I, similarly to what Hope was saying earlier, will totally, like, hear, you know, either someone who has abused me in the past in in my head when Mike is saying something to me, even though he's not obviously that person and is not like actually saying it in that way but you know that's how trauma works and it just is something that we are constantly working
1: through Mm
3: -hmm. yeah I mean and I I I tell this to Laura it's like my life is like fucking easy compared to most people and I certainly don't have that level of like trauma to deal with and so whenever I feel like it's, like, something that I'm dealing with when it comes to our relationship and dealing with that trauma and kind of working through it. Like, I just think of it and, like, I don't have to live that. I just, you know, have sometimes have to, you know, talk through it with you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Like, any relationship, I think a majority of it is just learning to deal with each other's quirks and, like, the aforementioned pet peeves and things like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and just... Go- also, just like going off what everyone else was saying, like I think communication is an art form. Uh, it's hard to get down and even though you work on it for years to make sure that you're communicating as well as possible, it still sometimes breaks down. Um, so that's definitely a challenge. but we're mm-hmm. working on it.
0: Yeah. I guess this is a more uplifting question. What are some of y'all's favorite memories with each other?
4: So we've done a lot of traveling, as Brandon said earlier, especially when we were first dating. That's probably my favorite memories. We drove from Atlanta up to Canada with our dog. That was super fun. Wow. Um, the, bo- the, the border agent was like, so you're going to be in Canada for less than 24 hours. Why'd you bring your dog? And Brandon just goes, because she's our buddy. And the border agent was like, oh. And just like, <laughs> let us go through. That's um amazing. We've been to, to Brazil, Cuba, and Mexico. But... Some of my most favorite trips have been where we would just go to like Chattanooga, Tennessee or Gary, Indiana for the day and kind of just go see what life is like there. Brandon, do you want to add anything to that?
5: You know, I think she covered it pretty, pretty well. <laughs> I mean, we, we do a lot of cool shit together. Um, there's, there's a lot of other memories that I can call that were great. Some like um, celebrating my dirty 30. That was fun. Hell yeah, Certain. congrats. Nice. <laughs> yes. It was dirty and dirty. <laughs> and uh, we just had a, hopefully a, we'll just keep having a lifetime full of fun and enjoyment and adventures, adventures and shenanigans.
3: Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, Laura and I have also done a lot of traveling. We were lucky enough to drive back and forth across the country. We lived out in um, in Oregon for, for a little over a year, uh, and we and we drove both ways uh back and forth on the East Coast. And just our misadventures of camping on the side of the road, hiking through mountain passes, and biking around little college towns are some of my favorite memories. But also, some of the best memories are just us sitting in our living room and drinking coffee in the morning.
2: Mm -hmm. Mike is also a barista, so, like, drinking coffee is is an event. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Although, like... Either way, the simple act of drinking it. But like it's also like, mm, there are notes of raspberries in here. Uh,
3: <laughs> My anyway, favorite memories true. of you two
4: are all of your Snapchats of you sitting around drinking coffee.
3: Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm glad. I'm so glad. Yeah, I love traveling. I think one time in particular that really stands out for me for a few reasons um, was when we biked around the Rim Road trail at crater lake national park oh my gosh first of all it's gorgeous and it's just unbelievable to be there and we also love biking um particularly like very long bike rides and this is a really challenging and incredible bike ride and i also loved it because i really struggled um which now we know more because of like understanding what is going on with my garbage lungs but mike was just very calm and reassuring as i was like coughing up a lung and trying to climb 7000 feet on a bike <laughs> maybe that sounds terrible but it was actually amazing and it's amazing to have someone who can cheer you on when you feel like you're worst
4: i get yeah, that that sounds that's really sweet that sounds horrible but it's also very sweet <laughs> <laughs>
0: I feel like some of my favorite memories with Ed are, like, similarly, like, outdoors. We we do a lot of hiking when it's warm, and I feel like just, like, being out in the world together and seeing, like, really beautiful sights and, like, working to get to them and being a team, sort of, as you do that, are some mm-hmm. of my favorite, my favorite memories. Yeah.
4: Yes. <laughs> Co-signed. So... I would like to know what everybody is excited about or looking forward to in the future.
3: Uh, I'll start. Uh, I'm looking forward just to more of like the small moments. Um, Cooking dinner together, deep conversations, going to shows, smashing the state and overthrowing (laughs) capitalism, taking long walks (laughs) in the autumn. You know, stuff like
2: that. Yeah, just minor. Uh, I'm really looking forward to having a dog at some point um, yes. and traveling as much as possible. Also, just like overthrowing the patriarchy,
0: casual,
4: so fun. Mm-hmm.
5: Well, I look forward to eating some tasty paella with Hopi, and um, That's so I look specific. Forward... yeah, no, uh, but we we talked about it. That's why That's I even true. got the little tray for you, you did. just to okay. make paella. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I look forward to, um, you know, building the solidarity economy and uplifting people's voices. Um, I look forward to Hope supporting me on this venture called uh, the uh, the Movement of Color Podcast, which is going to be fun. And um, probably some more eating and traveling and mm-hmm. sexy time.
4: So that sounds pretty good. I oh, yeah. um, I am really, really, really excited about community building. That is something I feel like it's a little bit hard to do in Chicago. It's just such a big city. But doing things like this podcast and some of our organizing work and just like finding ways to build community and support people and to grow that. And I think... Brandon and I, being such a strong team, really makes a good starting point for a lot of that. And we, our cups are pretty full, so we have more to give other people, and that makes me super fucking excited. Plus,
2: y'all should totally move to Buffalo, and, uh, you know, yes. really, then it would be
4: a community building experience. <laughs> <laughs> Into it. We're, we're, we're for sure gonna visit, and then maybe we just won't come back.
2: Yeah, hell
0: yeah. Into it. <laughs> you know what I'm looking forward to? Um, what? Honestly. Ed is like 80 years old on the inside, so I'm just excited <laughs> for the outside of him to grow into that. Um, oh. He is literally going to look like that old guy from Up in 50 years, and I, <laughs> I can't wait to see that.
6: Oh. Um, I'm also looking forward to that. I, I can't wait until we have a front porch with side-by-side rocking chairs and I can just tell kids to get off my lawn.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I just hope you guys keep cooking and eating together, even when you're 80.
0: Nothing will stop me from eating.
2: <laughs> For those of you that missed our live show, Kellen specifically asked our like, highly trained medium how she can like telepathically communicate to her partner that she wants mac and cheese.
4: <laughs> On the astral plane. They the
2: were talking
0: about how to seduce someone in the astral plane, and I'm not trying to seduce anybody. I'm just trying to get some mac and
4: cheese. <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, I get it, for sure. Uh,
4: and on that note, that's our show for this week. Um, yeah! little Valentine's Day romantic time, most normie episode, as Laura said. Um, <laughs> I had a really good time. I hope you guys had a good time, too. Thanks to Brandon, Ed, and Mike for joining us. Um, yeah. As Woo! always... You can follow us all kinds of ways. Twitter at Season of the Bee. We're also on the old Facebook and Instagram. Um, our website is SeasonOfTheBee.com, and we've got some great merch up there right now. Listen, rate, review on iTunes, and slide some money our way on Patreon so we can bring you even hotter takes. The hottest takes. The hottest takes.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> all right, guys. Yeah. Love you, love you all.
1: Love Bye. you. Bye. 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 <laughs> bye, bye, you, oh, I am you, <laughs> <laughs>